Morning, church. My name is Armand. I'm one of the leaders of the church. We're, we will be continuing our series today. Actually, this is the last week. Also, welcome to our uh, online viewers. Uh, I think the ushers are done. Uh, this morning, before, we, uh, before my wife and I went to church, we were listening to a song by Matt Redman. The title is One Day. But the chorus was just something that caught my attention. This is what it says. Okay, when we all get to heaven... What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen? I don't know if you grew up in the hymn. I think this is one of the, this is some of the original hymns. But it was just amazing just to see when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Westminster Catechism writes this exactly, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him. That's one of the things that we will do for eternity is we were going to be enjoying God himself. Amen? But you don't have to wait, you know. You can start doing that today. You can start getting into that place where you can enjoy the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Oh, so you don't have to wait for that day when we all get to heaven. And the rapture is coming soon. You know, nobody knows, but it's coming soon. Amen? So let's just go ahead and we'll go to uh, week four. And today we're going to be talking about Joy in all circumstances. We can have joy in all circumstances. Because when we do get to heaven, that's what we're going to be doing. We're always going to be enjoying God. So for this week, I want to borrow from Pastor Mark's week one. Uh, he made a point in week one. And, it's, and he said that we can experience joy when we are in the purposes of God. When we are walking in the purpose of God, we can have joy in our lives. Isn't that amazing? And, and remember, this is going to be what we're going to be doing at the end. So coming from that, coming from a week one from Pastor Mark, I just want to um, show you how Paul was able to do that. Because Paul understood what God's purpose was for his life. He was able to rejoice. And later on, we'll look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He was able to rejoice in all circumstances because he understood what, God, what, what was God's purpose for his life. Amen? Let's just pray before we begin. Father, thank you for today. Father, thank you just for, for that wonderful worship and that wonderful touch that you have allowed us to experience with you. And I pray, Father, that you would just open our ears to hear what you have for us today. Open our eyes to see what you've been trying to, uh, what you've been trying to allow us to see. And open our hearts to receive and allow faith to rise up from within. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Purpose, plan, the will of God. When you read your Bible, sometimes they're interchanged. They're almost one of the same. God has a plan for you. God has a will for you. God has a purpose for you, just like Paul. One of the mo most familiar uh, scripture that you're, you probably have heard already is Jeremiah 29.11. Most of you already know this. What is it? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to what? Prosper, Prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. See, most of, us under, uh, most of us, this is very familiar. So all of us, there's an individual will for our life, and there's also a, gen, uh, a will for the church, a general will for the universal church, and of course, God's plan for the, for, for, for the world. So let me read to you first Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Man, so this is uh, regarding the will of God. Paul writes this, And do not be conformed 
to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As individuals, God has a will for us, an individual will for our life. And it says here, Paul says that it is good according to God's eyes and according to God's plan. It is good, it is acceptable, and it is perfect. But sometimes we say otherwise. We have our own desire, our own plan for our life, our own will for our life. And that's why what needs to happen first sometimes is that there has to be a renewing before we can even prove if His will for us is really good. See, sometimes, um, I think not just sometimes, but many people, I've, I've been part of the church long enough that I've seen people walk away from the plans of God. It's a sad thing. Uh, uh, I mean, I hope that you would stick to the plan of God. But I think many times what we do is, when we're trying to seek the will of God, what we do is we already have a preconceived plan that we want. God, this is what I want you to do for me. And we present it before God and we say, God, can you stamp your approval on it? It's like us going to public health to get a building plan for our house and we're looking for a stamp of approval. That's many times that's what we do. We bring our own desire, our own plan, and then when God says no, we get offended by God and we walk away from the plans of God. But that's why it says there has to be sometimes it, what needs to happen first is the renewing of the mind. We got to first see that God is good and because he is good, the plans that he has for you is also good. It is perfect. It is acceptable. The word acceptable in other translation is the word pleasing. It's pleasing to him and it's pleasing to you. Remember, he is the it, he, he, he's the one that is eternal, and he knows your beginning from your end. He knows everything about us. Amen? So that's what Paul said, is it, uh, that God's will for us is good, acceptable, and perfect. But it doesn't mean that everything, as we walk in this journey with God, it does not mean that everything that we will experience is good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay, we don't live in a dream world. We have an enemy, Elmer kind of alluded to this earlier, that the enemy comes, the enemy, the deceiver, the, the, the deceiver of the bread and the, the devil himself, Satan, he's got one goal. It's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He goes about like a, what, a roaring lion looking for somebody he might devour. That's the, the, the intention of your enemy. And that's why sometimes we, we, we come across certain situations and circumstances and we feel like it's coming from God. No, church. It doesn't mean that all things that's happening in our life comes from God. Sometimes it's really just the consequences of the mistakes that we made. Because we make bad decisions, stupid decisions, we end up creating a, a, a consequence out of that. But the great promise is that if you are walking in the will of God, Romans 8.28 tells us this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. If you would just walk in the purposes of God, like what Pastor Mark said, there will, you will find joy when you are in the purpose of God. Amen? But it doesn't mean that everything is going to be good, but what God has promised to us is that all things that is thrown at us, God will turn it for good. Even the book of James says that, Brethren, consider it pure joy when you face trials of various kinds, because the testing of your faith 
what does it do? It produces patience or perseverance. And perfect patience must complete its work so that the man of God may be complete, perfect, and lack nothing. That's God's purpose for us. That's why he allows us to go to certain circumstances. Amen? So going now to Paul. Okay? So that's the foundation. You've got to understand that in God's eyes and God's will for us, it is always good, perfect, and pleasing. That's why we first need to submit to that. And if we submit to that, then everything, the, the lyrics of the song that we were just singing was that. Though the enemy may form what? The weapons that the enemy has formed against us will not, will not prosper. But there is a weapon that is being formed and formed and continuously being formed. All right? Don't say amen to that. Okay? So looking at Paul now, so since I've been talking about individual will, and we'll get to Philippians, okay? We're going to get to Philippians. So Paul himself has a will or a plan that God had, and it's found in Acts chapter, go ahead, Acts. So Acts chapter 9, when Paul became a believer, Paul was not a Christian. Paul was a a Pharisee of Pharisee, he was persecuting the church. But when God encountered him in the road of Damascus, he was blinded. Then God called Ananias, um, another person, to say, go pray for this man. And what was Ananias' reaction? No, Lord, he's the one that's killing us. But this is what God has to tell Ananias. And this is what God's plan for Paul was. But the Lord said to him, to Ananias, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the, the writer of the book of Philippians. It says, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, before kings, and the children of Israel. And look at verse 16. It says, For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. You don't want to be a Paul. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I'm, I mean, I love reading the books of Paul, the, the epistles. But yet, then again, about the call of God in Paul, the calling of God of Paul is really to be... De- to, to, uh, to spread the gospel to the Gentiles, but this is what God said. He will suffer many things for my name's sake. That was God's call on Paul. That was his purpose. Amen? To spread the gospel, but along with spreading the gospel, many things he will suffer. There's a list that Paul has compiled to show us what exactly what he went through. Go ahead and show that. Second Corinthians chapter 11. And I want you to look at this. Because when you look at this and when you see this, that this man went through all of this, how can this man who went through so many sufferings can still say, rejoice in the Lord always? Okay, keep that in mind. So here, this is what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians. It says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. We know that Paul is a laborer to the, when it comes to the gospel. In stripes above measures. In prison, more frequently, in deaths often. Stripes is the whipping. The Jews would whip their uh, people, the uh, so-called criminals. It says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. How many, whip, how many is that? 200? Four, four times five, 200 minus uh, five, uh, 195 uh, whipping. Anybody been whipped before? No? Anybody? Also, okay. Except your, from your grandmother. Okay? <laughs> Have you been to Singapore? Okay, don't commit a crime in Singapore. They'll cane you over there. Okay? From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. He said that three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. 
I want to say anybody been stoned, you might give a wrong impression, okay? Three times, <laughs> okay, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Anybody here been shipwrecked? Okay, nobody? Okay, so we're better off than Paul had been through, okay? In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among Paul's brethren. Everywhere he go, Paul was facing danger. Imagine that. That was what God has ordained for this man. Next, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness. I said this this morning. Probably you have, that one you might have experienced because you played too long playing your game, okay? You, or you probably fall asleep during the sermon, okay? Hopefully not. Sleeplessness often in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes up upon me daily? See, besides all of this, something else comes up daily. But my deep concern for all the churches. Even though all of this was happening, what was his concern? It was still for the churches. Who is weak? I am not weak. Who is made to stumble, for I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. Last week's uh, message was about how Paul, though he was, a, he was a man of achievement, he said, what did he consider his achievement as? As garbage. It is nothing compared to knowing the value of who Jesus is. Here he says that if I, if I were to boast of who I am, I will boast in all the things that I have suffered and concerning all the infirmity that I went through. Isn't that amazing? The next... It says, verse 31, The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. Just in case you're thinking, okay, Paul had this in mind. Probably life in the sun will think I'm lying. No, he's not lying. He went through all of this. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas the king was guarding the city of, Dam of Dam Damascenes with a garrison desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in the basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. Amen? Now, how, do you, how many of you feel much better of what you're going through? <laughs> I didn't mean that as a joke, okay? Uh, everybody goes through certain things. Everybody goes through circumstances, situations. And sometimes when we go through that, we feel like, oh, nobody else knows what we're going through. But here's a man who went through all of this, but yet he did not walk away from the plan of God. He understood exactly that plan of God for his life. He understood that, that when we all get to heaven, we will all be rejoicing in the presence of Jesus. And that's why in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he was able to say this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Isn't that amazing? Rejoice. A man who's went through all the suffering, who's always in danger, shipwrecked, received some stripes, been stoned, by his own countrymen, by, by the Jewish people, by, by the Gentiles, everywhere he goes, he was always in danger. But yet, he's all, yet he still can say, I rejoice in the Lord always. Isn't that amazing? And church, we can also have that. We can also get to that place where we can always rejoice in all circumstances. We don't rejoice on what's going on, the circumstances, but we can always rejoice in the Lord, knowing that God's plan for us is good, pleasing, and perfect. Amen? Isn't that amazing? You know, when I was a young Christian, uh, 
I had the, we had an opportunity to bring in some prophetic ministers from the Philippines. I think I was, it was a, a year in the Lord. But anyway, I was, it was just such a blessing to hear a prophetic word to just really give direction in my life. And let me just share a little bit of it. Uh, it goes like this. Uh, uh, the minister comes up to me and say, you have been tossed by the wave from one place to another. That was the word that, that was the first thing that I received. You've been tossed by the wave from one place into another. Today, I'm building foundations in your life. I am building a backbone in your life. It's like, wow, imagine that. Imagine hearing that. I'm building foundation, I'm building backbones in your life. That's what he said. And and in this season of in this season of equipping, this is the place you will find me. This is the place you will see me. Because this season of building would be the basis for your coming years. For I did not call you for the short haul, but I've called you for the long haul. I've called you for longevity. Church, all of us are called for the long haul. All of us are called for eternity. All of us will be one day, hopefully one day, all of us are here. We'll, we'll all be there shouting. Uh, when we see Jesus, we'll all be shouting victory. Amen? But that was the prophetic word that they received. And then, he, then the minister said, and your joy would be that you are at the center of my will. That was the word that really stuck to me. Every year, I will make sure that I will look of what my plan is and make sure, God, is this my plan or is this your plan? And then also along with that, he also said, uh, yes, your joy would be that you are in the center of my will, but it's not going to be as exciting as you expect it to be. Sometimes we want excitement in the will of God. Sometimes we want excitement when we're following God. But, but for me personally, that's what the minister said. It's not going to be as exciting as you expect it to be. But your joy, regardless, will be that you are at the center of my will. Paul's joy, regardless of what was going on, whatever circumstances he went through, was that he would get to see Jesus. In fact, that was uh, the, uh, from last week. His one thing that he's always, uh, uh, his final goal is to know what? The power of his resurrection, to know Christ. Amen? So that's what uh, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Like what I said, not everything that will happen in our life, not every circumstances, not every situation will be good. It will not all be pleasing to ourselves. It will not be perfect in our eyes. But, but, but the promise is that all of that, God will turn to good. Amen? And, and Paul explains that here. Paul t- uh, tells the, the church of Philippians exactly that. Okay, next verse, please. It said, Do not be anxious or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He begins by saying in verse 4, but rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. If you're feeling anxious, here, I'll show you what God can do for you so that you can keep rejoicing. He says, if you're feeling anxious, pray. Give supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And what? And the peace of God uh, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Guard your heart so that you can continue living in that faith. Amen? 
Don't be anxious, but what? Pray with supplication and with thanksgiving. Make your request made known to God. And the peace of God that what? Transcends all understanding will guard your heart in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's Paul's command. First, he commands us to rejoice. Now, if you're not feeling it and you're feeling anxious, this is what you want to do. Then the next uh, uh, verse 8, let me just read it. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are novel, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are, good, are of good report, and if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on those things. Stop meditating on that news, okay? Or on that social media. You, you, you do know that... <laughs> okay, moving on. Pastor Mark showed us that great example. You know, if you turn off your phone on the Sabbath day, the next day you wake up, the world is still there. It's still there. It continues. Okay, meditate on what's true. Then, yes, next verse, it says in verse 9, it says this. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you care for me. Your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you, la you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. We just read that long list of what Paul went through, but yet here he says that I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. You cannot rejoice because you feel like you're lacking. Allow God to give you a contentment in your heart. Amen? That's what God did for him. In all those times where he was in lack, God gave him a contentment. That's why in, in Timothy, we're talking about this in life where it says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen? Moving on. The next, uh, next slide, it says that, I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere, in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then this is one very familiar verse. You've, you've heard of this. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. You cannot rejoice because you're anxious. Pray, and the peace of God will guard your heart. You cannot rejoice because you feel like you're in lack. God will give you that contentment. You cannot rejoice because you feel like, what is that? You're in trouble? In, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In fact, the, the, the world of sports has taken this verse in, um, uh, out of its context. We always assume that when, we, when, uh, when Paul said this, if we, just, uh, if we just do things in, in Christ, then we can become winners. But in reality, what Paul is saying is that even in my weakness, I can do all things because it is Christ that strengthens me. That's what he's really saying. That's why in, in times of trouble, in times of weakness, God will give you the strength. Amen? Next verse. It says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Verse 15, it says, Now you Philippians... Know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have, I have all and abound. 
I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. You need supply? Paul said, my God will supply all your need. Church, we have all the reason to rejoice in the Lord when we are in the will of God. Next, please. Every recent church, if you're feeling anxious, pray, God will provide the peace for you. You're feeling lack, God will give contentment to you. You're feeling like you're weak, you're in trouble, God will provide the strength for you. And you're feeling, uh, you feel like you need the need, God will supply. Amen? This is what Paul, Paul has given all the reason why we can, we can continue to rejoice in the Lord. And last verse, please. So Corrie Boom said this. Perhaps we get, this is, uh, we'll end with this one. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll, de- you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. And Paul pretty much lived in this. If Paul had looked at the world and what he's going through, then he would always been in distress. But yet, he's always kept his eyes on God, and that's why Paul was able to go through what God has called him. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, he tells the Philippians, says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Church, have confidence in that. That whatever it is that God has began in you, he is faithful and he is able to complete it. Only just to keep your eyes on him. Don't look at anything else. Don't look at everywhere else, but look upon Jesus. Amen? If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you will be at rest. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that we can learn from Paul's example. And Lord, thank you that... It is our cheap end to enjoy you and to glorify you. You know, there's one more. Uh, you've been hearing me talk about the will of God. And there's one more written in the book of uh, Timothy where it says that it is God's desire that every man be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Next week, we're going to have an event called a Night of Hope. And perhaps you have somebody in your mind that really needs that. Somebody who really needs to to be able to enjoy and to enjoy God and to know God. So I encourage you, take those pliers that are on your chair and just invite them. Invite them to come. Invite them to be expectant. Be praying for them. Amen. So let's just go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you have for us. And Father, I just pray for those right now who might be wavering between their own plans and, the, and, and God's plan and your, their desire and God's desire, I pray that they would commit themselves and they would commit their plans and allow you to do your plan in their lives. Father, I thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you loved us so much. Father, thank you for what you have for us. And I pray, Father, that as we dismiss, I pray that you continue to protect us, be with us, bless us, and may your grace be upon us. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed, church. Have a good week. And I'm rising up with you. Rising up with you. Rising up with you. Rising up with you. You take me high on the wings of your truth. Yes, I'm rising up with you. Sessions